Meet Bob Olson. Bob's the author of Answers About the Afterlife and the host of Afterlife TV. A private investigator who began investigating life after death in 1999, Bob now records his interviews with experts, authors, and people who've had extraordinary experiences so he can share it all with you. Enjoy the show. Hey everybody, Bob Olson here with Afterlife TV. You can find us at AfterlifeTV.com. This is where we search for evidence of life after death and ask the meaningful questions around that subject. Today we're going to be talking about changing habits at a soul level. I guess uh, instead of at a willpower level or some kind of mental level, we're going to be changing them at a soul level. It's going to make a big difference. And our guest is... Uh, an expert around soul-level type of things, like soul contracts. Her name is Danielle McKinnon. Thanks for joining us again, Danielle. I'm psyched to be here. Thanks for having me, Bob. Yeah, we are... Um, this is the third time we've had you, um, and uh, you were actually our first guest. So if people don't remember your first guest, we talked about pets. Um, pets, if pets go to the afterlife, something like that, right? <laughs> Something like that, Something yeah. Something like that. <laughs> that, but that interview turned out really, really well. I hear from a lot of people it helped them, and it still helps them. I get a lot of great comments from people as well who yeah. have lost their pets. They're looking for answers, and then they hear what you said about that, and yeah, it may, gives them gives them a lot of comfort, and and uh, yeah, helps them out with their grief. Um, and you and I, both pet owners, we understand that you know, at, at, at a deep level. Uh, this is a great time of year to be talking about changing habits. And this is why I asked you to come back because you actually helped me with it. Now, I didn't do it for, you know, like a new year type of resolution thing. What I did was uh, I had a goal. Uh, I guess I call it a goal, a desire that I had been trying to fulfill for a long time. And what happened was in October, I actually realized that um, it had been three years that it, it had taken me to do this, to fulfill this goal, and I, I still hadn't accomplished it. And I ended up uh, calling up Danielle and said, help, <laughs> I need help. <laughs> and I didn't know whether you could help me or not, but I'm one of those kinds of guys who likes to have other people walk me through things, you know, like even with meditation, I like guided meditation. And so you were kind enough to bring me through a session. And um, I didn't realize you, you're, you have changed so much, like your readings, your sessions with you have changed so much. And I was so impressed. And I ended up having such a profound change in my life, was able to finally accomplish that goal over the coming, I think, two months, um, thanks to that session with you and the homework that you gave me. And we'll talk about all this in the, but this is how this all came about. I want everybody to know this is, you know, I had an amazing uh, uh, session which resulted in profound changes in my life. And then, of course, the new year comes along and I'm thinking, well, a lot of people want to change their habits, but they want to change them the way I changed them, which actually creates an effect, as you call, uh, all the other changes, changes. Yeah. yeah, at a soul level. Um, and so why don't you tell us a little bit about how you have this expertise in soul level, soul contract kind of stuff? Well, you're, you're totally right. Over the past several years, I've gone from um, purely doing animal work 
uh, animal psychic work, animal communication work, into doing animal soul contract work, which is helping animals and humans figure out what they're learning from each other, into doing human soul contract work, which is looking at um, for people how they're what they're supposed to learn in this life, what's holding them back from that, and working with the soul contracts around that. I didn't plan. <laughs> you know me. I did not plan <laughs> on this at all. Yeah. I was uh, going down the MBA route, the corporate world, working my way up the ladder, um, but I wasn't happy. And so when I started working with animals, in, in fact, actually the first the first time I heard and believed that it was possible to work psychically with anybody, I um, I pretty much changed. It, it was like, like it changed my entire course, and I did everything I could to get out of the corporate world and to start my own business, and and it kind of led me to where I am now. It's weird in the in the psychic world. If you allow yourself to evolve, the work evolves with you. But a lot of people get stuck on. I just want to know the future. I just want to know what's coming. When am I going to get that job? Or when am I going to meet the man of my dreams? Yeah. And what I've found through this work is that. It's so much more empowering to realize, well, why are you feeling so hopeless without a man in your life or so much like a failure without having that particular job? I've realized that using my abilities to help people through soul contracts to shift things so that regardless if you have the man in your life or not, you still feel good about yourself. Yeah. That's where the work has gone. That's what I've shifted it into. I think I kind of answered your question. No, you did. <laughs> um, uh, and, and you answered a, an earlier question, too. Like, you know, this is the difference between um, working at a willpower level and working at a soul level. And it, it's really about getting to the root cause of something. So rather than seeing, oh, that's what it looks like, you're able to bring it down a step below that and go, oh, that's, that's where the seed was you know, planted, and, and that's the root cause. And we'll get it at that level, and that's how you can really make changes, right? Yeah, I, I like to, that's, that's what working with soul contracts is all about. It's, it's not about exactly what's blocking you, although that's a, an important piece, but it's why is that piece there blocking you at all? You know, why does that exist? Why does that block have to be there? When you understand the why, which is, as you're calling it, the seed, I do call it the seed thought, when you understand that why, that understanding can shift everything. So when you're talking about how you, over the two months doing the homework, were able to shift at a deep level, what you did is you shifted that seed thought, that inner belief that you have, rather than, well, I'm just going to make myself do things differently. Yeah. You know those... Um, it's kind of the idea of affirmations. Affirmations can be really helpful, but if you have a deep down belief, a root belief that says the exact opposite of what you're affirming, yeah. every time you affirm whatever it is, I am beautiful, but you believe you're not, it's going to clash against you. So it's kind of like you're putting yourself in conflict with yourself all the time, every time you're trying to do your work. So the, the idea here is, well, let's actually work on that piece down deep and shift that. And then you can believe you're beautiful because there's nothing telling you you're not beautiful. Right. And so in other words, you're saying, figure out why you feel like you're not beautiful. What was it and when was it that you originally started thinking this? Yeah. Um, do you have to? Do you actually have to f figure out what the origin of it was, or just know what this belief is that you have? It's like fifty-fifty. 
Okay. So about half the people can go, oh yeah, I feel not beautiful or I feel not good enough or I feel like a bad person or unworthy. You know, about half the people can go, yeah, I identify that and there it is, that's my seed thought. The other half need to understand and kind of dig up that that seed thought exists. Yeah. We spend um, a lot of time trying not to to feel our seed thoughts. Yeah. If you feel not good enough, you spend a lot of time in your life trying to do everything you can to make yourself feel good enough, to kind of not notice that I don't feel good enough feeling. You kind of want to like put it behind you and bury it. But burying it, it doesn't, it doesn't work. Yeah. Burying it um, just keeps that energy vibration with you. And so it's kind of like you're trying to ignore an energetic vibration that is within you and that doesn't work. That just sends that vibration out to the universe and the universe goes, oh, she's got that vibration that she's not good enough and sends it back. Whether you ignore it or not, yeah. that the law of attraction will bring it back to you. You know, it is interesting, uh, you know, any changes that have really occurred in my life, uh, you know, over the many years um, do seem to be energetic and, and it's, yeah, that's a little bit difficult to, to describe because there's a point where sometimes, just as an example, you wake up one morning and you realize you're different. Like you realize you feel different. Everything feels different in, in, in your world. And, and it feels like there's something in your aura, in your energy that has shifted and and it's not going to be the way it was before. I mean, is, is it all kind of energetic? It is energetic, but here's the crazy thing about what you're talking about. So you wake up more, one morning and you go, oh, I'm doing this differently. This feels different. Oh, this feels better. But it's not that you woke up one morning and everything actually was different. Yep. It's that you're finally noticing the differences that you've made in your life as you've made deep energetic changes yep. so it seems like this it's this aha moment but it's really only an aha moment of what's been going on because you've been doing the work yeah, that yeah, makes yeah. sense yeah yeah but people hear that and they're like no no danielle i want to wake up tomorrow and have it all be different <laughs> but they don't realize that there's this energetic component to it we can't just force ourselves to change to be different to behave different if we believe one thing about ourselves that thing is going to inform all of our decisions until we don't believe that anymore. Yeah. It, it, that's just the way it works. So I can tell myself to behave differently. I can say, all right, I'm going to put makeup on and I'm going to wear a nice dress and this will make me pretty. But if I don't believe it on the inside, it's not, it's not really going to be making me feel pretty. That means my sense of self is now based on the things I can control in my environment. And you know that that is not a secure way to live. That is not, you know, that's if the inner peace goes, yeah, I'm beautiful, I'm happy, I'm secure, I'm worthy, then whatever happens on the outside matches that. Yeah. And, and this and this affects any area of a life, I imagine. You know, I mean, we could kind of try to list them. You know, there's the financial aspect. There's, you know, there's health and fitness type of thing. There's uh, relationships, right? Career. What else is there? There's everything. Uh, there's there's a lot of people I 
find don't believe in themselves. So they can't get the job. They can't find the love. They can't have the support system. I, I worked with someone uh, yesterday and he wanted nothing more than to be part of a, a wonderful group of people in his city that he lived in. Mm. But he couldn't. He couldn't get in there. Everything he did, he was, he was like, you know, I say, hey, you guys want to go out? I text them and it's not working. And he said, so I think I want to move to a different city. But what he didn't realize was he actually had a seed thought that said, I'm not good enough. Yeah. So his seed thought was driving him to have this kind of um, almost like a desperate, needy edge to him yep. to not behave true to himself. So he wasn't putting out a message to these guys. Hey, yeah, the, the, we, we are a match. It was more like, I need you to feel okay. Yeah. So the people weren't being attracted to him. That seed thought, and you don't realize it, but that seed thought drives everything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I... I'm sure our audience is probably thinking the same things that I'm thinking. We all know these people, and, and we know that we do it ourselves, but it, it's easier to see in other people. And we know that there are, you know, there are some people, you feel that neediness about mm -hmm. whatever it may be, and it, it does. It pushes you away. It, it's not an attracting energy. It's, it's or it pushes the job away, or it well, pushes yeah. the love away. Or the, I mean, it, it really, if you're... If you've decided that you need X, Y, and Z in your life, love, money. I mean, a lot of people who come to me, I want to make more money. Yeah. You know, that's a huge one. If you want to make more money and that's your main goal, you've got to step back and look at, well, why have I decided that money is the thing that's going to make me okay? Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. it's a form of support. So yeah. really what this person is saying, I want more support in my life. I want more help in my life, but money is the easiest, most obvious place to decide, well, I need to focus there. I need to do that from now on. All right. So uh, let's back up a little bit here again, because yeah. I brought up this idea of, you know, it seemed like someone planted a seed at some time yes. in our life, and then that kind of grew. Um, explain to people, you know, yeah, what a seed thought is from your perspective. Okay. So... I will ex let me let me do it like um, you, you remember that old cartoon that was on on Saturday mornings, the birth of a bill, and they're like, "Yeah, I'm just a bill." Okay, so, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all excited. We're doing our age. <laughs> <laughs> so I will explain kind of the birth of how this works. Okay. So what happens is. Um, Usually early on, usually anywhere from one to five years old, a person experiences something in their life that starts to make them rethink themselves, that starts to make them question their, their brilliance and their beauty. Mm -hmm. So the idea being that if we are totally healthy and clear and have wonderful soul systems, wonderful access to our soul, everything we experience is helpful. And we can learn the lesson and we grow and we expand. But usually somewhere between one and five years old, people experience something that makes them go, huh, am I not good enough? Or do I not deserve love? Am I unworthy? Am I a bad person? Like at this young age, you start thinking, why, why is my mom so focused on her job? Or why is my dad so stoic? Can I not break through there? What do I need to do to get some love here? So the, it's when these thoughts start going on that you start actually um, pulling away from the connection to the soul. Yeah. I look at it like we actually take these energetic pieces and stick them in between us and our soul. We're separating from our soul. So now what happens is as we grow, we start tapping into 
those what I'm calling seed thoughts that I don't think I'm good enough or I don't think I'm worthy of love, whatever they are. So whenever I experience something as a five-year-old, yeah. such as, well, I didn't get, uh, there weren't enough cupcakes and I wasn't given one, I go, huh, well, that must be because I'm really not worthy of love. You know, and there's my seed thought. And then my seed thought says, okay, Danielle, go do this or go do that to try and be worthy of love. Or So what happens is now I'm sitting around and I'm growing and I've got these seed thoughts within me blocking me from my soul. And then I start going, all right, what can I do to make me be worthy of love from now on? How can I feel that, how can I make sure I have love? Because it seems like I don't get it from anywhere. So I think I will be the best. I'll do everything I can to be the absolute best. And when other people see that I'm the best, they'll see that I'm worthy of love. Then they'll give me that love and then I'll finally feel loved. But can you, so, so that, that little deal that I make with myself, I'm going to be the best, that's a soul contract. Yeah, and people okay. don't realize that that's a soul contract. All right. So can you see, though, how that puts me in a position where now every single time I have to be the best in order to maybe feel worthy of love? Yeah. Meaning I am now reliant relying on my outside environment i have to make sure that everybody's not as good as me you know that i can beat everybody that it it it's very difficult because then what happens when jane smith comes in and she's awesome at it whatever it is sure now i'm not going to feel good about myself now i'm going to feel unworthy of love that seed thought really shows up because i can't satisfy that soul contract that's supposed to fix it all did that Make sense? It makes perfect sense. And I can imagine <laughs> a, you know, a young kid you know, doing something to be the best, you know, whatever, winning a trophy, winning an award, whatever it is, and then you know, maybe getting a little bit of love from the parent, just getting some attention, right? which is what he was seeking to begin with. And so now he's, you know, this could, I could certainly see how this could lead into someone becoming maybe excessively competitive all the time. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. And and it means that, it really means that you can never feel okay unless you're the best. Yeah. And it means that you're not addressing that inner part that says, I'm not worthy of love. You're just addressing the band-aids. It's like you're putting more and more band-aids on you. You always have to have a band-aid on the wound in order to feel okay. All right, as long as the wound's covered up, let's put that Band-Aid there. I can manage through life. But it actually ends up distancing you even more from the beauty of your soul, from that feeling of total peace and contentment and love that comes when you're really accessing the inner you. Right, and and, and never realizing that you don't have to be the best at everything. Um, I I can see, you know, so many people think... Fame, fame is what, where it's all at, right? You know, yeah, yeah. If you know, oh, my fans love me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. So that. I need to be very visible, and I need to, I need everybody to see me. I need to be the center of attention. Yeah, there's another soul contract right there. Another but, soul contract, and so all right, so we have these seed thoughts that get created, uh, which are just for an example. I'm not worthy, I'm not good enough, I'm not good, I'm not lovable, I'm not safe, I'm not supported, I'm not protected. I mean, yeah. there, there's a lot of them out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and then I can only imagine that uh, once you start to believe it, so a sea thought is really a belief, and, yeah. and once you start to believe it, you probably look for evidence to back that up. You know what I mean? It's like, well, this is my belief, you know, whatever, I'm not 
I'm, I'm not worthy. And then, uh, you know, you put your drawing on the, on the refrigerator and you try to get dad to look at it. And he just, he doesn't pay any attention. He's too busy. He's too focused on something else. You know, see, yep. There you go. You know, that, yep. that backs yep. up what I believe. So this must yep. be true. Yep. And this, and then, like you said, you know, then, you, then you start to do something in order to make up for that belief. Yes. Or in order to negate that belief or yep. in order to not feel that belief. Okay. And I guess if it works, then. Well, they work. That's the crazy thing. Well, if you thing. think they it works. Work. But they, on, they only work to a degree. It puts you in a position where you are always having to fulfill that soul contract in order to be okay. Right. But that's what I was leading to. So that becomes a soul contract. And that's the kind of con soul contracts that we're talking about here. Yeah. So it's not necessarily something that you came into this life um, with already. It's something that we mentally create for ourselves. It's a soul contract that we create for ourselves. Yet, at the same time, I can only imagine, this is just, this is the way I look at things, is that this is something that our soul intended for us to go through and learn from. And, and this is why certain things were set up in our lives. We have the certain parents that we have who, who live in the certain socio, socioeconomic environment that they do. And they have certain beliefs. And, you know, this, all this stuff is lined up for us so that we end up with these seed thoughts, end up creating these soul contracts, and hopefully we will overcome them and then we have a new experience, right? Yeah, it's, um, let's say that you... You, your soul, prior to coming into this lifetime, your soul says, you know, I'm Bob and I'm going to work on believing I'm worthy in this yep. lifetime. Yep. And so what happens is it's kind of like when you're born, you're born with a, um, I want to call it like a, a leaning toward. Mm -hmm. Just kind of things are kind of set up with the parents you chose, what the lessons they're working on, the situations you'll be in. You kind of lean toward having experiences that are going to make you question your worthiness. So it's pretty easy early on for you to develop the seed thoughts of, I'm not worthy. Yep. The, the thing about it is, what, what you ended with is the whole point of this system, what I call the soul system, is that you use these soul contracts that are blocking you and driving you nuts. I can't make the money. I can't have the love. I can't believe in myself. can't get my book out there. Um, you use those as the beacons. They are. They kind of call you in and make you go, oh, ah, this is so annoying. What's going on here? Why can't I have what I want? As you dig deeper, you find the seed thought, I'm not worthy. The whole goal of this is to then learn the soul lesson. That, that soul lesson that your soul wanted you to learn before you came in here, which is the soul lesson of I am worthy. I am totally and completely and utterly worthy, as worthy as every other brilliant soul out there. Yeah. The hard part about learning a soul lesson is that people hear it. Okay, so if I were to say to you, all right, Bob, your soul lesson you need to learn is I'm worthy. Well, you can intellectually go, yeah, okay, I'm worthy. I'm going to work on being worthy. I'm going to make myself be worthy. But it's not about that. It's about embodying worthiness. It's about living your life from a place of worthiness. So as you work with this system, what ends up happening, as you work with your soul contracts and your seed thoughts, what ends up happening is the way you make your decisions about yourself mm -hmm. changes because you're no longer forcing yourself to go, wait a minute, what would I do if I really felt worthy? <laughs> 
<laughs> you're just automatically knowing you're worthy and making the decision from that place. Uh, and that changes everything, no question yeah. about it. Uh, changes everything. And, and because, like you said, you're sort of putting out a, a, a different energy from, from yourself. Uh, one of the things I want to get back to, because um, I think it's really important, it was something that you told me in my session that really helped me understand this. Uh, you, you, you touched upon it earlier, but I, I want to emphasize it. You know, we as, as souls, you know, have, having this human experience are, are perfect. And, and we are filled with brilliance and filled with love and filled with light, right? And it's these little seed thoughts that come along and the soul contracts that we create uh, because of them that diminish that light, right? Yeah. Do I have yeah. that right? How, how would you sort of say it? You said it really well, actually. All right. Well, hey, so, yeah, thank you. <laughs> that was very good. So, the, the, as we learn the soul lessons we came in to learn, we're able to access that perfection. Yeah. Every single one of us is actually perfect. It's these other energies that we take on that falsely make us believe we're not. And so we're all, everyone, I mean, I still have seed thoughts I'm working on, you know, because yep. once we've cleared all that, we've mastered every single one, we have mastered the human experience. Sure. Yeah. Because <laughs> so, no we get here. it, you know, we have total access, there's nothing left to learn, and we can leave. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I, I think you said it beautifully. Well, I'm, and what I love about it is, so if you think uh, of it that way. We have then... to pause, because the phone's ringing. I turned off the ringers, That's but okay. I guess I didn't. Yeah. Don't worry so about it. So hold on, stay where you are. We can barely hear it, so don't worry about it. Oh, okay. It's, this is spirit saying, pay attention to this. <laughs> ringy, dingy, dingy. This is important. All right. <laughs> Look, I believe in those things. So, you know, anyways, the, what, what, so what this says to me, the reason what I was sort of leading up to was then when our, when our light is shining more brightly because we've overcome something, one of these things, then um, that's why people respond to that. So the more we become our soul self, you will see the response, the, the way other people, the whole world responds to you as a result of it. I think constantly we're sending out signals, just always sending out signals, whether if it's one of our soul contracts that we've created that, you know, based on these beliefs, we're sending out signals. But if we are able to sort of negate one of those um, at the soul level, change our habits at a soul level, then we're sending out different different types yeah. of energy and people and will respond to different. us. We're feeling different within. I mean, that's that's the biggest thing. So I had a, um, I had a client come to me because she she was kind of like half divorced from her husband, but not really. Yeah. And they were kind of separated and living separate, but he was over all the time. Mm -hmm. And she really wanted to get into healing and helping people, but she didn't know how. So she, what she came to me for was for me to help open up her psychic abilities. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> she felt blocked. <laughs> right, that makes sense. And as we got into it, the changes, she realized that this block that she had in the one area of psychic abilities was just representative of all these other blocks. And as we worked more, she's a, a client who then wrote me this beautiful email as she, when she finished that said, I can't believe that I get to have this life. I can't believe that I get to walk through life and feel this way every day. 
from now on. And she wasn't like, I can't believe how psychic I am <laughs> or yeah. how much money I made or that I finally divorced my husband. It was this overarching feeling of every single aspect of her life shifted because she'd gotten that seed thought and the soul contracts that were driving her the whole time. Yeah. Wow, that's beautiful. I mean, I know. I know. I, I, I will never forget that email because she embodied what so many people had been trying to say. They just hadn't said it as well. But yeah. she really, like, because it, it is a very all-encompassing thing. We don't realize how much the seed thoughts and soul contracts touch every single area. One of the things I want to, you know, tell the public now, first of all, you know, you, they can read about my experience. I wrote about it. And uh, in the show notes below is a link to, to that article that I wrote about my own session with you and the experience following that. Um, but one of the things, and I, I don't know whether I wrote about it in there or not, so I should emphasize it, is, <laughs> you know, once I knew my seed thought and I understood the soul contracts that I had created, there was more than one um, in response to it then that was that was one aspect of it that that got me so far but it was then later that you had me um looking at my work. life to recognize <laughs> the when i was doing it when i was doing this behavior that was a result of the soul contract recognizing oh my god i just did that i just did what we talked about and when when the awareness of the of, of it all then came to me seeing myself doing it in real life, it, it that's when it brought it to my conscious mind, and that's when I felt a shift. Okay, it didn't change my whole life. I'm not, you know, it's like I'm not a completely different person um, overall. In that one way, it changed me, and I knew I maybe I'll do it again, but I'll see it. I'll see it sooner the next time, and. And then if it, if it even requires that, there's going to come a time when I'm going to start to behave in that way and I'll see it before I even do it and then I won't do it anymore. Is that kind of the way it works? It is, but I, but I disagree. It, didn't, it hasn't affected the other parts of your life. Oh. It has affected, and let me say it this way, it is affecting the other parts of your life. So what happens is, yes, you're most aware of it in this one area, yeah. but it starts trickling out and touching these other areas and then you realize, oh, I did this different too and I didn't even think of it. It, it kind of, it just grows as you go. It doesn't mean that you have to work on every single aspect of your life. Yeah. It's more that now that you're behaving and thinking and feeling from a different place, a yeah. higher vibrating place, not the low vibration of the seed thought, every decision you make and every place you live from will shift. Oh, beautiful. And, and it's very, and it can be very subtle. Now, sometimes when I saw myself doing it, that was not subtle at all. I was like, whoa. Like, <laughs> Just saw that. Right. That's uh, going to be where it's most obvious because those were where you were fully aware of the soul contracts. Yeah. Yeah. But it's these other areas that people don't realize that are affected as well. And I feel like you're still in that place where the other areas are starting to show up for you where you go, oh, oh, it's different. Well, I had several soul contracts or several behaviors that I was doing. And then, so then I, then I saw one of the other ones. I was like, whoa, right. whoa. And, <laughs> and this kept happening. And, 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 and part of it was because I was, I was doing this on a conscious, you know, I didn't just like have my session with you and go, okay, you know, she fixed me. You know, I, I had to do the work and. Right. And also because you weren't broken. Right. Now that's, well, that's another big piece is you weren't broken. You just had some energies within you guiding you, telling you stuff that wasn't real. 
what was great about it, now I believe that everybody can figure these things out for themselves, but like I said, I'm, I just happen to be one of those people who, you know, help me out. I like help with things. I like to work with other people on it. And, and, and you were able to do that. You helped me figure out what my seed thoughts were and the soul contracts around them. And what was interesting about them is as soon as, as soon as they were there, I knew it was true. I mean, it was no question in my mind. It wasn't, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, like I've had a psychic tell me about a past life before, you know, <laughs> right. might be true, might not. I don't know. But that's the cool thing about working with these. So we've constructed these soul contracts and these seed thoughts. We've constructed, constructed this crazy system that's supposed to keep us feeling good, right? Yeah. But it's a weird system because it's all based on things must be this way and cover that up and don't look here. And as you bring it forward, like as some, like if I, when we had our session, I said, okay, these, you know, here's your seed thoughts. Here's, I laid it out for you. None of it should be a surprise because it's been guiding you. It's been with you for so long. It's like you're aware of it in the back of your head. We're now just bringing it forward. If it's a surprise, I would be surprised. <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's right. Right, because it should be like, oh yeah, I do kind of think. Oh yeah, I think that all the time. Oh yeah, you know, it's just that we've literally trained ourselves not to look. Yeah, sure. Well, right. <laughs> that's the whole point of it. Right. Yeah, that's the whole point of the soul contract. <laughs> right. Yeah. Just keep wanna... me safe. I'll follow these rules and keep me safe and keep me feeling good and it's all okay. I'll just follow these rules. Right. Yeah. Because as as souls or you know souls having this human experience, we. We are perfect and, and we are worthy and we are good enough and we are safe and supported and protected and, and all those things. But, but because we're human and we have human minds that think all kinds of crazy thoughts, we come up with these beliefs that we're not. Crazy. <laughs> I, yeah. And it's that's just so fun. cool to me. Um, it's a fun thing to figure out your soul contracts and to start looking at what am I doing? I'm doing really like it, it can be. It, you got to have a sense of humor when you do it because we humans we're thorough. We are really thorough. <laughs> and we have no one to blame but ourselves. I mean, right. even, but know, in a good way. But wait, in a good way. A lot of people start learning about this and they go, oh my, I can't believe I have all these. I'm so messed up. Why would I do this to myself? I'm yeah. so mad at myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can't do that. It's no. really, wow, I was just trying to do a really good job of making myself feel better. And I didn't realize that this wasn't maybe going to be the easiest route I was taking. So you can't beat yourself up about it. No, it's the point. It's the point of it all. Right. I mean, I'm 50 now. I'm just, I'm doing some of this stuff. You know what I mean? Sure, <laughs> I wish I did it when I was 20 or 30 even. Hell. You 40. weren't ready. You weren't <laughs> ready. You literally couldn't do it until you did it. That's right. So, and, yeah. and I'm happy that I did. And, and I know that I got a lot of other stuff to do later. I talk, you know, about the layers of the onion. You know, a lot of people use that, so I know uh, people understand that. But there's more layers of the onion to be peeled away later. But um, I, I, I will say, you know, if, if people read my article, uh, it has a lot to do with the, the soul contracts I've overcome. Uh, but it's one of the most personal articles I've ever written. Uh, it was This was all very personal to me. I held nothing back. I It's all out there, um, you know. That's a big deal. That's yeah, it, it a was big, a big deal it was a, yeah. in itself based on what you're working on. It makes sense. Session. That's right. <laughs> That's right. I wouldn't have been able to do it um, uh, earlier. Yeah. So 
let's say, so someone, you know, like I said, you help me with mine. Let's say someone doesn't want, they want to do this um, without without going to you or, um, you know, some other practitioner to help them, but they want to try to do it on their own. Like, we would start with the soul contracts, right? And, and yeah. how do people find their soul contracts? Okay. So the reason, let me start by saying the reason you start with your soul contracts is because they act as the uh, the red flags. Why are people interested in soul contracts? Because they think they're problems and they're annoying. You know, people say, I, I have a vow of poverty. I can't make, uh, make love. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I can't find love. Um, and so what happens is we get so annoyed and irritated in these certain areas of our life that we suddenly start to pay attention. We start, what is going on? This is wonky. I've done everything. I've read every book. Why am I still stuck? Yeah. So the reason in doing this work you start with your soul contracts is because that's the most obvious place to start. Okay. Even So the first, there, uh, there are a few ways that you can find out what your soul contracts are. And the first way is you might already know. So it seems very simple, but I found that a lot of people just listening to, wait, so it works like that, and those are the energies, and they start going, oh, I think I have a soul contract of this, or I have a soul contract of overgiving, or caretaking, sacrifice, suffering. A lot of people just listening now can figure it out, just right. based on some of the examples I've given, or they know where they're already hung up. And there's no big... Um, there's no big secret to it. It's not like you need me or someone like me to say, this is what it is. And, you know, it, it, you really can look at it and go, well, I keep picking the same man who always wants me to take care of him and never gives back to me. Or I, you know, you, you, you kind of know where you're stuck. So yeah. start there. That's the most obvious, um, easiest place to look. Yeah, I, I, have I, a lot I had a friend read my article, um, and I, he walked away from it. He knew what his word, what yeah, word. Right, right. He knew too, and I, I was blown away. I was like, that because I, I know him. I've known him all my life. And I'm like, my God, I think you're right. Like, how'd you do that? <laughs> because it's not even magic. It's really this stuff is already in you. The information is already in your head, right? Yeah. This is a system you've been working with since you were like four or something. Yeah. So it's not that hard to pull up. You know, it's just a matter of understanding it. And the, and the other cool thing about that is a lot of people are able to, just by understanding the system and then pulling out their soul contracts, have all, already have forward movement in their belief system. Yeah. Just because they're starting to go, wait a minute. So really I'm perfect? And not kind of broken and worthless. Wait a minute, that's a that's energy. Like when they start putting it together, and it, it opens them up in a huge way. Yeah. So if if you are finding your own soul contracts and you're doing it by oh wow, I think I have this one, and you're coming up with ten or fifteen, it doesn't mean you're more broken than yeah. other people. I have a lot of people who go. Oh no! <laughs> what am I doing to myself? And and I really don't want anyone to think they're broken. In fact, the more you have, the easier it is to work with them. Yeah. Because then they show up everywhere, and you can find them. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that, that totally makes sense. And and you had said uh, to me one time, you know, one way and one of the red flags in recognizing them is when you say, "That's just the way I am." Right. You know. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah. I hear I so many people say that. I'm kind of compulsive. That's just who I am. Yeah. I'm just not very good with money. <laughs> right. I just, you know, lucky at, lucky, lucky at cards, not at love, you know, whatever. Right. I, didn't, I never win anything. You know, yeah. I mean, these are clues, definite clues. And that's that's the next one would be um, the next way to find your soul contracts. Unrelated, unrelated pattern. Or no, let's do. I'm sorry. I'm getting them mixed up. Patterns, repeating patterns. OK, so repeating patterns is you notice you keep picking the same man or you notice that the man you're with um, wants you to do everything from him. And your friends are all calling you and they're wanting you to do everything for them and you're feeling really tired and drained. Okay, look at that pattern. Everybody wants something from me. I feel like I have to give it. I keep giving too much energy and then you go, oh, overgiving, caretaking. You can kind of walk through it literally just by looking at the patterns in your life. I mean, it's pretty simple. Yeah. Now, what about someone, let's just say there's a lot of people out there who write music. They're, art, they're great artists. Um, they're writers, whatever it may be, but let's use the artist as an example. Um, ama someone's an amazing artist, but they can't get themselves to actually create any artwork. Um, the pattern would be that they want to, but they don't do it. Like, how would you yeah. even look at something like that? Well, the pattern would be, uh, so you'd start going, okay, I can't get my artwork out there. Huh? I'm having trouble being seen. Okay. Am I having trouble being seen anywhere else? Oh, yeah, I don't feel comfortable telling my boyfriend or my girlfriend my needs. Oh, yeah, and I always agree to everything when there's a problem because I, I don't want to create a conflict. And so you start to kind of put it together. Again, it's looking for kind of a pattern in there. And that pattern would be, wow, I don't want to be seen. I don't want to be noticed. I don't want to rock the boat. Those are all soul contracts. Yeah, that was a great example to give right there. Well, I mean, I, I, I have different friends, like I have different friends who are like, like I said, writers or artists or, or musicians who are in this thing, you know, they're sort of living that the starving artist mentality. Yeah. And uh, I was thinking of one particular one. And I mean, you hit the nail on the head. Like, uh, I think I think what you said was perfect. Um, uh, so anyways, I think that just that alone can help a lot of people yeah. sort of understand how you go about this. But there's one more way. Okay. And this is looking for unrelated clues. So I'll use the example of I had a client who came to me because she couldn't lose weight and she didn't understand what was going on. So as we worked together, I started directing her, okay, why can't you lose weight? Because she said she worked out all the time. Like, well, what's going on here? And I knew, I knew there were some soul contracts here, but I needed her to see it versus me telling it. There are some people who need to kind of experience and figure it out for themselves while I lead them there versus me going A, B, C. So she described her workouts to me and she did weight lifting with weights. Um, but she noticed that everybody else could do uh, less reps throughout the workout, but she actually could often do more at the end of the workout. And that's kind of a weird thing when you work out. Doesn't that seem weird? Like you want to use enough energy so that you're tired at the end? Yeah. And so she started. So here she thought this was a soul contract around, I can't lose weight. I can't have what I want. And what it turned out to be was a soul contract around um, belief. All right. So her seed thought was, I'm not safe, supported, protected. Yep. So her soul contract, she was conserving energy in her workout in case she needed it later. 
so that because no one was going to come through for her because she didn't believe the universe would come through for her. So it's kind of like she always held herself back. That was literally one of her soul contracts. Hold yourself back because you never know what's coming down the pipe. Yeah. And so you got to have the energy or the money. And it turned out she had money problems. And I mean, she this was a really big thing, but it seemed like it was I can't lose weight, which is a weird, that would be a weird soul contract. Although some people do have I can't lose weight for... Um, keeping themselves invisible, you know, because mm-hmm. they don't feel safe, supported, protected. For her, it was leading to this bigger piece. And um, when she clued into, oh, it's this weird soul contract. It's I've got to conserve because I don't trust in the world. She was actually able to have a lot of forward movement on that. Did that make sense? Because you're yeah, giving me quite yeah, a look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it did. It did. It, that was that was great. That was a perfect. Another great example. We hadn't used lose weight yet. So no. And then there's one uh, around money. A lot of people come to me and they think they have a vow of poverty. A vow of poverty is basically where you have a soul contract that says you're not allowed to have money in this lifetime. And around that, I find that if you look around, it's usually not. And this is the weirdest thing. It's usually not soul contracts around money. Sometimes they're there, but a lot of times it ends up being soul contracts around receiving support receiving and believing in yourself and believing you're worthy. So it's a soul contract that says you can't, you don't want to receive because if you receive, um, you might have to open yourself up Yeah. and then they might see you're no good on the inside. You're not worthy or you don't want to receive because then you'll have to give out and you'll have to give out all of your energy. And if you give out all of your energy, there'll be nothing left for you because really nobody gives you anything anyway. So it's kind of like you have to think through the ins and outs of what you think the soul contract is and see if there are any unrelated, seemingly unrelated kind of patterns in there to draw from because they all end up fitting together. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, I got one for you. Okay. Um, so <laughs> it's a test. <laughs> so someone is having issues with money. Yeah. But what they're always doing, I think the sole contract is is trying to get. Um, it's almost like they they become dependent on someone else. So they're trying to get other people to help them mm-hmm. with the money. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and or with abundance in any way. You know. Mm-hmm. I'd rather someone gave it to me than I made it on my own type of a thing. That okay. uh, seems like there's some kind of reverse thing going on. There here. is. What there would that is. be? So what that is, is usually that a person like that is going to have a I'm not safe, supported, protected seed thought. And they're also going to have a I'm not good enough seed thought. Okay. You can have lots of seed thoughts. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Usually people have between anywhere like two to five that they're working on at any given time. But then the soul contracts would be around. Um, wait, I lost the example. Well, say, say, well, it's it's the you know, purposely becomes dependent. So okay, other people okay, have, there we go. Use, so use the I, I'm not good enough example. So there's a soul contract called rescue or rescue. So if I am in a position of need, somebody's going to come in, rescue me, help me, save me, see that I'm worthy and it will make me feel worthy and they'll help me out of this horrible feeling I have about myself. So I find a lot of people do that about money, about job, about finding love, about like they put themselves in a perpetual, um, I need help. Like I'm almost always in a state of chaos kind of thing. And they reach out to people for help hoping that that help will make them feel their own worthiness or their own love or, their, or finally feel protected. 
And, and when someone does help them, uh, it probably makes them feel loved. They love me enough temporarily. To help me. That's the problem. That's well, no, the I mean they think drug. it does. They think it does. That's the sole right. contract, like, right? Right. So that's why you, people who do that end up feeling um, very lost in their relationships because they keep needing that other person to perform certain actions in order to feel okay in the relationship. Yeah. That's a really common one. That was a good one to bring up. I like that. I like that. All right. So, um, so that's how to recognize. Well, you, did you, you kind of talked about both of them, really. But you start with your soul contracts and work your way back. So, you know, and, and then you identify the seed thought after that. That's basically what you were saying, right? Yeah. It's easier. So, it's, re it's, it's easier to say, let's look at what the soul contracts are and then figure out what the seed thought is because that's kind of the way you were doing it, it seemed. I'm losing your video. Oh, there you are. I see you again. Yeah, good old Skype. It, it's pretty bad, though. Okay. So we'll wait a sec. Yeah. You look like Max Headroom from the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not joking. <laughs> all right, don't worry about the way I look, because from this end, we're all set. Okay, I couldn't hear you either. So you said, you said, I don't know what you said. So normally, people start, you start with the soul contract and work your way back to the seed thought. That's the yes. best way to do it. Yes. So since the soul contract is that red flag, and you can very easily find your red flags, anybody can look at themselves and go, I'm stuck here, I'm stuck here, this isn't working. You know, th that allows you to um, start working into the seed thought. Now, there are some people who, for the seed thought, if you're wanting to know what your seed thought are, just again, by us talking about this, they're yeah. going, I know what my seed thought is. Oh, she said that one and that one. Totally wonderful legitimate way to do it. Yeah. If you can get it like that, go for it. But there are other people who need a little bit of a process. So um, what I would, this is the process I would walk people through. When you find that you are in one of your soul contracts, meaning, oh, I need, I need so-and-so to help me so I can feel loved, or I need to succeed at this, and if I'm not number one, if I don't get an A, if I don't get that promotion, I'm not gonna be okay. One of your soul contracts is kind of hitting you, you're in it, right? You're, you're in that negative energy. Yeah. So when you're in that negative energy, it's called identifying the moment, yep. what you do is you go, all right, I understand this is one of my soul contracts showing up, we've already identified those, that part's done. What am I trying to negate or what am I trying to make myself feel right now by being number one or by giving to this person? Literally, that's all you have to do is go, what is the feeling? What's the emotion? What's the idea there? It's just walking yourself back a yeah. little bit. All right, I'm trying to be number one. Why am I trying to be number one? Because I'm not okay if I'm not number one. If I'm not the best, then I'm not the best. Mm. Like it literally, you can... A lot of people have very analytical minds, especially a lot of people I work with, because yep. I'm analytical. Yep. You're not analytical. No. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. <laughs> no. <laughs> so this is where the analytical mind can really actually work for you, yeah. because it's almost like you analyze yourself into figuring out what your seed thought is. Yeah. You just walk your, you watch your mind do its normal thing, and you end up at that seed thought. Oh, it's because I don't feel like I'm good enough unless I'm number one. Yeah. There's your seed thought. Yeah. It's that easy. It does, and it sounds easy. I mean, it wouldn't be easy for me because I just, like I said, I like other people to help me. So, <laughs> no, I think it is. I, I, I really. Um, no, I think you're I right. Think... Some people get stuck, but it's not. Um, some people get stuck. I get, I get what you're saying, but I really think you can no, use I your, do too. your brain. You know what I think? Part of it is like I always say this to Melissa, my wife Melissa. I always, I like to think out loud. 
So I like to bounce <laughs> things, you know, and and then I can figure things out. So a lot of times I'll talk with Melissa. So this is something people could work with their spouses or oh yeah, best friends and 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 work on each other's together and it might help them work their way back a little bit easier because sometimes our our spouses and best friends see things in us that maybe we're not willing to look at, right? Or we're not good yet at identifying all the times that it shows up. Yeah, yeah. Or the, they could just call you up and you could help right. them with it the way you <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> But we don't want to lose sight of the whole point of identifying your soul contracts and then your seed thoughts, which is once you get your, your seed thought. So if your seed thought was, I'm not worthy, you definitely want to identify your soul lesson. Yeah. You know, why am I going through this whole thing? It's to learn my worthiness or my brilliance or my lovableness, whatever it is. Yeah. Because that's the whole point. So just identifying isn't enough. And and that's what you had to do when you were doing the work is really kind of, it ends up becoming part of you, that soul lesson. Yeah. Yeah. Do I look different? Yeah. <laughs> Everybody, do I look different? Um, this is cool. Uh, you know, for people, because we are on, uh, obviously we're on Afterlife TV, uh, but we're also on iTunes. And some people are listening to this, you know, while they're running or whatever. Um, if they wanted to learn more, they could go to Danielle McKinnon. It's M-A-C-K-I-N-N-O-N, right? Yeah. Uh, .com. DanielleMcKinnon.com. But I got to tell people about... Uh, before I'm gonna I'm gonna let you say one last thing before we end, but I'm too excited. I gotta tell people. Yeah, what wrote, are you gonna say? You wrote a whole book about this. Oh yes. <laughs> and I'm excited about. It. I got to read it. Uh, I got an early uh, review copy or whatever. Um, and all I have is a, you know, a crappy printout of the That's cover. That's all I have. I, let me show. <laughs> let me show people. Soul contracts, finding harmony. Find harmony and unlock your brilliance. I love that. I love the cover. Melissa saw that cover and she was like, oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, and um, I love it too. I wish you could have seen that reaction. And <laughs> anyways, that book is coming out June 24th, 2014. Mm -hmm. But if people are watching this video beforehand, and I know many, many will, uh, in the show notes below this video, there'll be a link to the Amazon, to Amazon, the page where it's on, and they can pre-order it. You can pre-order it, and and then all of a sudden it just shows up on your door. I'll bet it'd be the perfect time in your life, right? Isn't that the way it things happen? It will seem like magic. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, um, and you can pre-order it, and then as soon as it's available, it it um, uh, it'll be mailed out to you. I I highly recommend it to people, and. Uh, I wish it were available now, but I was too excited to share this with people. And being that it was the beginning of the new year, I just thought um, I wanted to do this video now instead of waiting till June, June to, to do it. So we'll play it again in June so people can find out more about the book. So, all right, let's just wrap all this up and tell people, um, you know, the, the big essence of it all. Like, how would you like to talk about this? I mean, we still have a few minutes. Um, what would you like to say about seed, seed thoughts and soul contracts and this incredible work, um, that we really haven't talked about yet? I would like to say that the system, this little soul system, seed thoughts and soul contracts and all, it, you know, it's in place to help us become the best people, souls, humans we can be. 
And I, I think a lot of people get caught up in tools and techniques and it's got to be this way. You know, no, I'm making this mistake. And, and I, I really just want people to walk away knowing this is here to help. These energies are there to help. Even though they get in our way and they're flubbing us up and some of us aren't making the money or finding the love or losing the weight or whatever it is, um, it, those are messages. Those are red flags so that you look deeper and can do the work to learn the soul lessons. Mm. I don't want anyone to walk away saying, I feel like I'm really messed up. All that stuff applied to me. Oh, no. I've definitely had people contact me and say, I heard you talk on whatever. And I really feel like I'm so messed up. I don't feel, and this was what I said to you earlier, I don't feel like any of us are messed up. We've just been guided by energies that aren't for our working literally in the moment for our greatest and highest good, but they are energies that in the big picture are for our greatest and highest good. Exactly. And, you know, people watched other videos. Um, one of the most profound uh, lessons that I, I learned from near-death experiences, for instance, was that our souls are just here to have an experience, an experience yeah. that we can't, we as souls can't have in the spirit world um, because there isn't fear, there isn't, you know, stress, there isn't suffering in the spirit world. There is here um, uh, in, on the physical uh, plane. And as a result, our souls come here to have these experiences. From these experiences, we gain compassion. And so any of us, and I would probably, all of us who are, <laughs> who have seed thoughts and, and then create soul contracts around them, and are dealing with this stuff the way we've been talking about for the last hour. Our, our souls have benefited and will benefit for all eternity because of what we've been through. And, and so, what I mean, we're giving a gift to our soul by going through these things. But I think that, uh, from my own experience, is it makes our time here on the physical plane just a little bit easier if we do this work and 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 work through work past some of these things just like that person who emailed you talked about yeah in in, in so articulately uh, so much yeah. better than i am but you know she just said that so beautifully and 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 you can get to a place i i am at this place in my life right now where every single day i just feel so blessed so blessed and and uh, and yet i still have things that I'm working through, you know, uh, many, we all do. Many so do I. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's about almost being grateful for those, the blocks and the hiccups and the challenges, knowing that they're helping and now knowing, Hey, there's a really simple way to work with these to get what you're supposed to get from them, to learn those lessons at the deepest level and then access that. I call it the brilliance, the brilliance within to access that within. Well, thank you for helping us to see our brilliance, to, to, to see our light, and, and to find a, a new way to get in touch with that and to shine, each one of us shine a little bit brighter, thanks to you. Uh, I'm really grateful to you for coming and teaching us this, sharing us this months before your book comes out. Um, very, very, very generous of you. And I appreciate you coming on for me to do this uh, and, and help everybody with it. So thanks, Danielle. It was a lot of fun, as usual. It was fun. Thank all right. So, I love it. So uh, everybody can go to Danielle McKinnon. All the, sh all the stuff is in the show notes. My article's in the show notes. Uh, link to the book is in the show notes. It's all in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we'll see you again. Yes. All right. I'd bye. love to come back. Bye. bye. <laughs> 
That's all for another fantastic Afterlife TV episode. Bob couldn't be happier. If you enjoyed this episode as much as Bob, please leave a comment on AfterlifeTV.com, Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube. And don't forget to check out Bob's book, Answers About the Afterlife. Thanks for watching Afterlife TV.